Welcome to the County Business Club's podcast, hosted by Sam Thomas and powered by Picture Book Films. Welcome to episode three of the County Business Talks podcast. And I'm luckily to be joined with my first female guest, which is the wonderful Lara Squires. Lara, welcome. Thank you. So look, we're going to delve straight in. Um, Can you just tell listeners a little bit about your business journey and where it all started? Yeah, of course. So um, I set up Consortium at the end of 2012. Officially, we started in January 2013, but I kind of I worked part time pre-setting up Consortium. So I did a bit in my spare time to help us hit the ground running. Um, So we're a little over eight and a half years old now. Um, It's definitely been a journey. Uh, I always knew I wanted to have my own business when I was growing up. I just didn't know when I say growing up, when I was at college, um, Mm. I just didn't know doing what. So it was quite fortunate in my last role, which was a regional law firm that I ran a scheme where I worked with smaller law firms and just realized that I could really help them with their marketing. And that was where kind of the concept of consortium was born. One of my good mummy friends had just been made redundant, who was also a marketer. So we were like, let's have a go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, the nice thing with marketing agencies, you don't necessarily need big bucks to set up. Um, you know, you can have a laptop and away you go. So that was great. Um, my business partner didn't stay. She left after nine months just because the industry wasn't for her. So I quite like being the sole director because um, I don't really have to answer to anybody. So <laughs> people that know me will know that that suits my personality. Um, and insanely, we're it's only going to be for a day, but we'll actually be up to 10 staff. Um, then we're going to go back down to nine. But for a day, we'll actually wow. be in double figures. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so you, you alluded to that then. So you sort of, you're saying from a young age that you always wanted to run your own business or was it when from college and where, where does that come from then like your parents today no or? it comes from being probably impossible impossible to manage <laughs> <laughs> slash unemployable and no so um my dad was a bus driver and my mum was a teacher so you know both hard-working people but not yeah. entrepreneurial my mum reckons now that she wishes she because she is quite she's very chatty you know will make friends with anyone so I think I get a lot of that from her and and probably my dad he knew everyone when he used to walk down the street um so it didn't really come from them uh when I went to college I didn't know what I wanted to do I'm not super book smart I like learning things that have practical application so I did a business GMBQ at college alongside an accounting degree and uh, accounting degree accounting a level um i only stuck with the a level for one year because that wasn't for me um but the business gmbq you know with hindsight was a brilliant starting place because effectively you make you build a make believe business so i learned about profit and loss marketing plans you know really everything you need to to start a business so that really sowed the seed of I want to do my own business but I like I say I just didn't know what in um while I was at college I was a Saturday girl at an estate agent okay so when I left college they offered me a full-time job you got a company car it was I was good at it so that's what I kind of fell into and to be honest if it was cheaper to set up an estate agency that's probably what I would have done but for an entrepreneur I'm quite risk adverse I don't really like spending money so that wasn't a route (laughs) I was going to go um and yeah they kind of convoluted journey through estate agency recruitment law 
into yeah. marketing. And I think that's where I found my my little place, you know, mm. marketing, business development and and running a business because I do love running a business. I, I like employing great staff. We've got a phenomenal team at the moment. Um, they're all doing a little dance around the office as I say that. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's, it's great, you know. Um, and also we always take on youngsters. So we've done the apprenticeships. We've currently got a Kickstarter and an intern and just mm. helping people develop their careers. I love that. My um, coach that I'm working with at the moment, she says my, well, she doesn't say my purpose, this is my purpose we've worked out my purpose is yeah. to be a positive influence um and i think i love that quite nicely yeah but that's great and it, look hence what i was so excited about obviously getting you on the podcast because it is what i'm trying to get out of the podcast is speaking to people about their business journeys and and you know where they started and what 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 makes them tick i guess and i think one thing as you sort of mentioned and what is fascinating is that Ultimately, you're obviously done marketing, you're a marketeer, you run a marketing firm, but you're actually, you're a businesswoman and an entrepreneur as much as you are a marketeer. And that's where yeah. it's, it, it, I think that's where, you know, you're able to then grow a business and, yeah. and expand it and stuff. Because there's certain different mindsets from just if you was, you know, I'm a marketeer, but no yeah. idea about business. It's You're totally right, Sam. There's a lot of brilliant marketers out there that are freelance and it's just them and they'll probably never have a business yeah. because they're not business people. And that's okay. They're, they're great yeah. at marketing. You know, I, I love doing the marketing, but I'm probably better um, at doing the business, uh, running the business and all of that side of it, which is why I employ great people that are also great marketers so that they can get on and do the work. Um, you know, you don't get to be a chartered marketer without knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I'm too much too much about the big picture and the exciting stuff to be the person sat behind the desk doing the work so it's a nice balance now um but like you say quite often times the people that are the technicians run the business and because they're a technician they don't know how to run a business they're not a salesperson they're not a hr person you're all these different hats that you have to wear as a business (laughs) owner yeah you know what I, I had a podcast recently and I, I was talking exactly that that you say as, a, as an entrepreneur as a business owner you are you you sit at the top, you don't necessarily do all of the jobs but you know about all of the jobs you've had to do all of them at some point and you and like you say you spin a lot of plates you wear a lot of hats and it's, it's part part of being that 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 business owner I guess yeah absolutely and my um business coach has actually been quite surprised about um how much I've done so we have just started working with a HR partner to deal with that side of it but she was talking to me about having someone to do my bookkeeping I was like no I do it myself and when we looked into it I do do it quite quickly and also I don't want to let go of that and I think that's another really important attribute as a business owner you need to understand the numbers yeah you know you need to know what does a profit look like what do you need to charge to make a profit and it's insane how many businesses there are I mean particularly in the sector we specialize in that don't know that information yeah no I'm sure I'm and exactly that you you do you have to you've got to know as a snapshot of and I'm I'm similar I guess I wonder if it's a trait of a an entrepreneur business like there's there's certain things you don't want to let go of not that we're (laughs) we're controlling we are we are I think entrepreneurs are controlling yeah definitely you've got got to be because you as much as I'd like to people I've worked with or employed or whatever I don't like to think that I'm micromanaged I'm certainly not that 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 way and I think like you've alluded to you employ great people to do a great job and you know you can trust them to do that 
but you still keep an eye on everything that goes on and around because it's your business and you you want to keep an eye on them things. You have got to let them do their job though. And I think yeah. um, that is where I'm quite good. I'm probably a bit too good at delegating. Um, I've got very slopey shoulders. <laughs> but I think some entrepreneurs with the control aspect won't let them get on and do their jobs as well. And yeah. that can obviously be damaging to a business. Whereas I'm all about, go and do it. I, I do throw people in at deep end, yeah. um, but I do have their backs. And I would rather they get it wrong and we then work out why they got it wrong and how to fix it than that they feel that they can't make mistakes. That's such a great thing, actually. And it's something where we, we will catch talk about a little bit later, but um, it's almost and the same with with kids as well. Like I've got, I know you've got children, I've got children, but almost allowing people to fail something failure isn't actually necessary how much we learn from failure. I'll, I'll openly admit i've probably failed a lot more than i've succeeded in business but the, what you learn from that gets you to where you are now and that's part of the journey i guess so i think it's a what a great attitude to be able to say to people look go and do that i'd rather you go and do it make a mistake we can't always fix it there's always a solution but allowing people because you, you learn so much more from yeah. that and I, I think that was well i don't know if you like with with your children as well do you look at that as well in that sense do you allow allow them to fail I'm, I'm the twins are six are sometimes a little bit too much like no 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 no, no, no you don't do that no no you're gonna hurt yourself or don't do that don't do that. whereas you just sometimes think just go and do that just let, yeah allow them. Are you... no I am definitely I'll let them make their own mistakes and you know and sometimes even encourage them to make their own mistakes but Amazing. my husband is the opposite so probably between us it's it's a good it's balance, a good balance yeah. um but yeah you've got to you can't wrap them in cotton wool I think yeah. actually our generation Sam is terrible because we do wrap them in cotton wool mm -hmm. there's so many helicopter parents and uh, you know watching everything they're doing and they're getting involved and you've just got to let them let them be you know yeah. be there if they need you but actually I mean obviously mine are a bit older than yours being yeah. 13 and 11 but um I'm here if they need me but otherwise they can crack on I'll, mm. I'll tell them what I think they should do but they can make their own decisions perfect example is my 13 year old daughter wanted nail extensions and you're not meant to have them at 13 I've told her the downside of it but she still <laughs> wanted them so she's got them and brilliant. when they come off and her nails are completely ruined <laughs> that will be her own problem brilliant I love that I love that it is it's, it, <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's that thing like you said it's, it's allowing them to make their own mistakes to learn from them and then go on and I think yeah that's uh and it is built but by doing that I think and this is a word that I'm going to probably use quite a bit today but um resilience by doing that we, we build resilience in them don't we yeah. that, that's my I fear think, yeah there was a post on LinkedIn not long ago about uh, sports days and how a lot of the schools now give every child a medal I mean what's that about so because <laughs> <laughs> personally if you don't come first, you know, my, my husband jokes that second is first loser. Yeah. Um, because otherwise we're building a generation of snowflakes, you know, yeah. that people that can't take can't take failure, can't take loss, think they need a clap for participating. Yeah. Um, and life's not like that. So no. I, I'm a big believer in, you know, you get rewarded if you do well. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, because it is look, the, the world is oh, I was massive sports person growing up played football all types of sports and it was there was winning and losing and that was it but it's less of that now like you said we almost try and put them in common it's okay to to not to win it's okay to fail learn from that and go back and work harder because you've got to work harder to win and that's uh yeah. and that's what life's like isn't it it's, it's a competitive world out there i think so but this leads us quite nicely actually talking about 
uh, sort of resilience and stuff like because we're going to talk about you mentioned about the staff nearly 10 of you for, for the day or whatever but the growth over the last um last year or so has been amazing um but i wanted to go back to 23rd of march um last year start of obviously the pandemic we're friends on social media i know you, you shared a post um back then saying about it was that you had one of the worst days really um in in business and you lost a lot of clients so can you yeah. just I mean talk talk yeah. to me about the start uh, of that and how that the um the team and my husband say that I overshare on social media but <clears throat> I am a firm believer in that you should put the bad stuff as well as the good stuff because otherwise it's not a true reflection of the world mm. um and it was um horrible in March last year we probably overnight lost 75 percent of our business and there was just nothing we wow. could do about it because and they, uh, the frustration is the clients didn't need to go because actually they were relatively protected because they were law firms or accountancy firms. They didn't really lose their business. But of course, mm. their priority was remote working and, and being able to continue in business. So mm. it was a pretty pants time. Um, but you just, you know, get your head down. You do what you can do. Um, half the team were furloughed. It was just three of us that stayed going through probably for six months. Um we had some great clients that stayed with us uh, who are still clients now and several of them that have turned that turned off turned back on uh, we did win a couple of clients in lockdown but we i kind of made the decision that i just wanted to help other people so we did a lot of free stuff ran loads of free seminars webinars about how to um, how to network online for example uh, how to use linkedin so i got involved in a lot of law societies and did some of that we actually did some free work for a couple of people um and then it kind of started to turn around probably towards the end of last year but i know one of the things you want to talk about is my tesco's experience so i will address that yeah yeah, yeah. I, actually it was just into uh, look we, we, we certainly move because I, I it was just on that that specific day that you say about the about losing them clients. So what, what did what went through your mind like thinking to yourself, wow, I've built this business up for the was there a point then that you just thought, is this is this the end of it? Is this the end of the, the business or at um, any point there? Or did you just think No, I don't think so. I mean I've always kind of jokingly said if something goes wrong I'll go and stack shelves in Tesco's. <laughs> Ironic. Um, <laughs> but uh you know I I'm I probably am very resilient. So I didn't, I wasn't renting an office. I own my shop, um, shop slash office. So that wasn't a problem. Um, the furlough scheme obviously was great to be able to keep people on that. But even without that, we would have, we would have had to let people go, but that wouldn't yeah. have impacted the business. Um, yeah. And there was enough to keep food on people's plates. So I think, I think, cause I understood it. I mean, one of the interesting things was I've always had a mentor and I didn't really go Sorry, accidentally muted myself. Yeah, um, I didn't go to my uh, mentor in lockdown because I just figured nobody knew what was happening and what yeah. to do. So I just listened to my gut quite a lot, got our heads down. Like I say, we did a lot of free stuff um, yeah. and survived. Basically, I don't. I never had a moment. We we didn't have a moment when we weren't making any money. We were yeah. still making some money, Brilliant. just yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. significantly less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we were still moving forwards. And I don't think I ever had a moment of oh, I'm going to have to get a job because I don't, I wouldn't have been able to for a start yeah, yeah, because yeah. Um, marketing departments were being made redundant. So yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. We just kept one foot in front of the other, really. My yeah, okay. And then so yeah, as you then mentioned so. Talk Tesco. to me about Tesco. Yeah, like I, I'm just 
first, like I said, I think I'll share something with you that I actually haven't shared with anyone as well at this point. But um, that you talk about obviously the Tesco. What? Firstly, tell me why that you why? decided. Yeah, why? Why did you why? decide to take that uh, so, for that job? Or there were two things. One was that they needed people. Um, and I am quite, uh, oh, there's a need, I'll go and fill that. Yeah. So I knew they needed people. And the second thing is I hate not having money, um, which is why I don't tend to spend money because yeah. I like having like a little pot, my emergency fund. So yeah. I thought, well, I'll, I'll just go and do that. I can do that. I'm not very busy because we'd obviously lost a lot of the work. Yeah. Um, so that was my thought process. Okay. So I went and applied for a job at Tesco's. They gave me a job. I did my training shift because I think you thought I didn't actually start, but I did yeah. actually start. Well, so okay, I went okay. and did my training shift. They wanted to put me on the tills. So I did, I think I did two shifts, um, okay. but I get health anxiety. And because it was quite early days and there were, I don't think there was mask wearing then, yeah, there were sure. no, um, Tesco's were actually quite bad at putting the social distancing stuff in place. So there weren't screens, you were wearing blue plastic gloves, but there wasn't really much um, hand sanitizer and stuff like that. And yeah. this one woman came in and she massively kicked off about how bad it was and how bad it was for us as staff yeah. and that Tesco shouldn't be allowed to treat their stuff like that etc 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 and I went home that night and I was knackered as well because I was doing like a full p.m till 10 p.m shift after I'd worked wow, okay. um and I was like oh I've, I've probably jumped the gun a bit with this I don't really need to do it right now um so I, I walked away from it okay. um but it was I tell you one of the things that was because obviously I put that post out there because I knew some people might see me because it was yeah, my yeah. local Tesco. That, that's what I remember seeing that you saying oh, to avoid the embarrassment, I'm going to just yeah. tell you, in case you bump into yeah. it. Yeah, which is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And ironically, one of my clients did come into Tesco's and we did have that awkward <laughs> moment of, hi, how are you? <laughs> um, but it was okay. Um, I've got a whole new level of respect for people that are on the tills. It's yeah, not sure. an easy job. No, it's I'm sure. very monotonous and boring so yeah. if you ne when you when you next go to the shops have a chat with them because they're bored yeah um, sure sure so, sure yeah. i just feel look for me firstly thank you for being so honest and but also brave to actually share that even at that time because i look, i'll be completely honest i'll you, you know about the business i run i didn't launch caddy business clubs at the time you know i was running sbt which is a magazine that people like you said marketing was the last thing so trying to sell advertising in the magazine was probably a difficult thing um and then obviously Fernball was completely stopped so on a personal level from an income point we was like mm, there's not anything there really so you go and I've always said to myself you know I'm never afraid of work I've got a strong work ever I go and I actually applied for a job this is the first you're the first person I've actually told outside mm -hmm. the valley so but I applied on like um what would you call it um like a uh, conveyor belt thing like a you know um construction that type of, and I was like I applied for this position thinking I don't think I actually got it oh, I didn't get it no but anyway I just at that time I, I applied for something just thinking I've got to get out and earn some money yeah. similar to you like I've created I've always promised myself if I've got children I've got to put food on the table if I it was not at that stage thankfully but I was there thinking right I've got a I need yeah. to get out of money. I think it's because we're doers, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we are hard workers and we're not afraid. And there's nothing worse than people complaining and not doing anything about it. Like yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be in a situation and be like, oh, I've got no money yeah. when I could have gone and got, because there was loads of that in yeah, March, yeah, yeah. April sure, sure, last sure. year. And I was like, go and get a job. There's plenty out there. Yeah, um, yeah. And equally, one of the other things just to 
share um, yeah. that really annoyed me during the early part of the pandemic was people saying how great things were. Because <laughs> how much have you missed the mark to be doing that when yeah, yeah. people were losing their livelihoods? Um, yeah. And also, quite frankly, I don't think anyone believed them because nobody was really having a great time apart from people that sold PPE. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> well, it's I think you've got to be it definitely I'm not great at empathy um I, I know I struggle with it and I, I'm quite open about the fact that I find it difficult to be empathic yeah. but in that scenario around people losing their businesses I was yeah, because yeah. I could see how I could help um and also I suppose I could understand what that felt like because I was going through it myself yeah yeah of um, course. but yeah that was it was an interesting time Sam I think yeah I say that. it was yeah look, it was for but look I think then moving on from that obviously um, you know, as business owners, we've got to have a strong mindset and resilience is, as you just alluded to, is is key. And you've gone through then that period where, you know, lost lots of clients and 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 sort of where you are. Um, then to from consortium to being, you know, losing 75% of clients, being in the situation, you are, getting a job at Tesco for a bit or and being in that sort of um, frame of mind to then build that resilience to come back and build consortium to how you've grown over the last sort of 18 you know it's been amazing and actually really inspiring to to, to see and you know we, we've worked together a few bits and you send some great content to us that we provide to stuff so but just to see you guys grow and, and, and more staff that you've brought on has been been amazing so from a mindset point of view and a frame of mind how do you get out of that position in March that early point to just go and right now here we are and look we've employed all these extra people and we're growing at this rate well I think it's just that point earlier that I said about just one foot in front of the other and you know you just keep looking forwards don't you you can't change what you can't change so there's no point in obsessing over that just yeah. keep looking forwards um the business failing was never an option you know it just wasn't it wasn't part of my it isn't part of my mindset it, yeah. it's not going to fail and I think if you have that um, I'm not willing to fail mentality. I mean, obviously certain things might happen that would mean that you would fail, but if you do a good job, if fundamentally you are good at your job and you are yeah. a nice person yeah. and what you sell is needed, I don't see how you can fail. Um, so it was just a one foot in front of the other, keep going. Yeah. And then, like I say, you know, it's only the last seven months that have been good. Yeah. So it did take, you know, all of last year was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it is just a bit crazy now and it, it is that um you know the people that have lots get more it's yeah. it's ridiculous but yeah, it is yeah, how yeah, it sure, works sure. so it's like this spiral thing now so because we're getting a bit more then we get a bit more then we yeah, get a bit yeah, more yeah. and it's just it's growing at um quite a <laughs> alarming rate but, you know, <laughs> not alarming I'm over oh. it now now I'm working with this amazing coach she's just sort of unlocked something in my brain that means I had this thing about I could only ever have five staff and then okay. she said something to me and it, I think it's because someone once told me you never want more than five staff because it becomes <laughs> a headache. Yeah. So I just decided they were right for some reason. And she's just unlocked this thing. So now I'm like, yeah, let's just bring it on. <laughs> poor, poor cat, poor cat who's been with me for quite a while now. It's like, we're not employing anyone else, are we? I was like, well, <laughs> maybe. Well, I've just never spoke to never. someone else and um, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible, but it, and it basically, like I say, it's been one of the stories over the, like I say, for me over the pandemic that, like I said, we've known each other for a while anyway over, over the years. But it's been it's been amazing to see. And like I said, I think your your bravery, open and honesty to people, like you said, sharing the good and the bad, because so many people 
don't share that. So many people that we, we network a fair bit, it's fair to say, probably. Um, so we're out and about network. How many times have we been there where you know things are not great, but you go, I have things, yeah, great. Business is, yes, absolutely yeah. smashing. I mean, brilliant. Yes, yeah, so busy, so busy. Whereas during the pandemic, we weren't able to do that. Because no one was really that great. So, no, but some people were still well, doing know, it, which I is know, what I mean I is insane. Because I can't understand. Yeah. I think, you know, a couple of our, in our mission statement, two of our values are honesty and integrity um, alongside yeah. fun and yeah, creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, honesty and integrity are actually so important to what we do. And I think actually that in the last 16, 18 months, what's done as a favour is we've remained true to that. Yeah. Um, you know, what you see is what you get. Some mm-hmm. people won't like um, who we are and, and, and you know, what we represent, because I'm also quite honest about my opinions on certain things. Yeah. But it's a case of, um, I, I just think you should stay true to who you are. Yeah. So that's what we did. That's what we put out there. Um, well, yeah. and, and that's, look, and hence, I guess, why the things are going so well, which is great. So, and, and, but that is it. I think being, being open, being honest about, about things is, is is so it's so important. It is so important, and we've got to do, and we've got to encourage people to be just true to themselves, haven't we? That's that that's that's the key. You got to be true to yourself and be yeah, who you and are. Have an opinion as well. Like there's so yeah. much vanilla stuff out there where people aren't willing to put themselves out of this is what they think or this is how they feel. Yeah. And I think what we've probably managed to do over the last year is build our little tribe, you know, of people yeah. that think and feel similarly to us. Yeah. Um, not to the exclusion of having people that disagree, because you do need to have differing Yeah, opinions. of course, of course. Um, but we're very clear about we only work with people that we like because yeah. life's too short and yeah. we want to work with nice people. Yeah, and I guess back to even people you employ, people you work with, that whole whole ethos it's just it's creating yeah. an environment where you want to work where people you employ want to work and yeah. where clients then want to be as well and want to want to be part of i guess and you, that's part of the journey and creating that creating that culture and um which again leads me on nicely to the next i'm we're timing this quite well actually the conversation i'm setting you up sam yeah you're setting me up. very good it's not your first rodeo <laughs> but so uh, again culture is something you know i, I actually find fascinating culture within a company how they do you know i've been from running the hair salon in another lifetime it seems but you know trying to create something i actually struggled with and found really difficult being a non-hairdresser within a hairdressing environment but trying to create a culture where people wanted to be really difficult to manage staff and stuff like that but um talk to me a bit about obviously the culture within consortium um you're you're there's only women that uh a uh, part of the team uh, is that sort of a conscious decision is that something that it's will... not allowed to be a conscious decision sam can't be done for unfair but recruitment you, you... or whatever the thing is yeah, but yeah, yeah i get what you mean yeah. i think um so no it's not intentional we have tried to have men yeah. um and we have had in the past yeah, yeah um i think one of the founding principles of the business was about providing somewhere where people can have a proper job like a career yeah. but be part-time slash flexible And for women, as you'll know from Kelly, that's so difficult. Um, So many businesses are stuck in the past and think you have to be full-time to be a valuable member of the team, um, which is wrong. So for me, it was a massive part of the business was to provide flexibility. So almost all of my roles that I've had vacancies in my team that I've got are flexible workers. I don't actually, I have one full-time member of staff. Wow, brilliant. Okay. 
Um, I mean, to varying levels, one's yeah. pretty much full time. But at the same time, if she said to me, um, oh, I need to flex my hours or can I go to my son's play or can I go to sports yeah. day? All of that stuff. They don't even really need to ask. They just need to yeah. say, this is what I'm doing. This is when I'm going to make up the time. In lockdown was a perfect example of that. <laughs> Cat, for example, um, kids are younger than mine, so she needs to do the homeschooling. Yeah, so yeah. she just worked 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. in the morning and then did sort of 5 till 7 in the evening. It's fine. Wow. She got the work yeah. done. It's, where's yeah, yeah. the problem? But so many businesses are inflexible in that. So, you know, it's I want to get, be, I want to get better at being a better uh, sort of benefits and payer because, yeah. again, coming back to the money thing, I'm not the best payer. I pay, I pay but, you know, <laughs> there's companies out there that pay loads more. Yeah. But I, like I alluded to earlier, 100% have everyone's back. I yeah. want them to develop. So all of the team that are qualified marketers have their uh, memberships paid for, supported, all training supported. And if they need time off or to work flexibly, they can. So summer holidays, for example, one of the team's going to tweak her hours. Uh, well, actually, probably all of them will end up tweaking yeah. their hours, um, which is fine. And I think we've just got a massive amount of respect for each other and that with a very flat structure. So, yes, I'm the MD, but they can tell me what to do if they want, and they quite yeah. often do. <laughs> um, and I just want to have that. That's, that's a really important part of the culture for me. And also for them knowing that if a client has a problem or they fall out with a client that I have got their back, they don't have to worry. I don't yeah, ever want, sure. you know, want any of them to worry about that. Um, yeah. So we've just got a really supportive culture, I think. And that's not because it's all women. So it's not because yeah, no, it's all no. women. No, it's no, no, happens no. By, it happens by accident, yeah, the fact yeah, yeah, that yeah. we're all women. Now we are all women. It's probably going to be quite difficult to change that because <laughs> yeah. it will take quite a man <laughs> to <laughs> be comfortable potentially with that. I mean, when um, can I start? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a joking apart. There, is a, there are a couple that would like to come and work with us, one of whom is a mutual friend of ours. But um, so the, it would need to be a certain personality type because also, unfortunately, there are still some men that won't work don't want a female boss um, that's crazy isn't so it, it crazy. is marketing is heavily female as well so we're also yeah. skewed in the sense that the pool is mainly yeah, yeah. women but it, it's interesting that you say so almost from the start really of employing people you've like this flexible working that we all think so now revolutionary that's happened over the last 18 months is something that you've had in your always done always, always done it yeah so. it's just i think um, my previous employer were great in many ways, but the flexibility stuff, they just weren't. And, mm. and that's the thing with professional services. They're not. They weren't geared up to work remotely. There's a massive amount of distrust a lot of the time in the professional services. They don't trust the staff to do the work. Mm. Um, and, you know, my husband will always say I'm too trusting, but I will trust people until they give me a reason not to. Um, no, that's a great way to look at them. Way. Yeah. yeah, I think a, a few people say that I live in a bubble. Um, maybe I do, but I'm quite happy in my bubble. It's a nice bubble to be in. That's it. But I think it's so much again about that. What we talked about earlier with kids and stuff, but with staff, it is about that trust element, isn't it? You, you, I trust you to do what people don't necessarily have that, that archaic way of thinking. You have to be in the office from nine until five and sit in front of me so I know that you're doing some work. Yeah. Uh, if surely, if that, if you've got 10 clients that you look after and you speak to that client at, eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock at night and you're not in the office and you're away from two till four does that really matter if they're dealing with no. the problems if they're doing I think what that's the need. key thing I mean I think it is a, I, I am quite um black and white though you know if if I trust you and you let me down it's done 
like I, you don't okay. get a second chance oh, really? um, okay, okay yeah uh, not not to you can do stuff wrong obviously yeah, yeah, we, all, yeah. we all learn yeah, as we but if you that, yeah. deliberately were to let me down yeah. um that I'm, I'm done and I, I because I will it's a bit like with friendships I'll walk over hot coals with my friends but if they won't do the same for me I can't be bothered yeah, yeah, um sure. so I've got quite high expectations Thank at the same you. time so I'm not going to paint too rosy a picture because whilst <laughs> it is I think it's amazing at consortium um they do need to I will give them everything everything they need to do their jobs but they do still then need to do their jobs because otherwise they'll have quite a grumpy Lara because um, <laughs> I haven't got headspace to, to do that for them yeah but look, look uh, and again you want people to again I spoke to someone earlier and was talking about again culture and and what you sort of create in in your business and you, like you say you want to create as as owners as entrepreneurs we want to create an environment where people want to be as I just alluded to then. And that's what I guess. And then because people want to be, they don't want to work for with you, for you or whatever, but they want to work as part of that thing. So it's not the element of I'm going to take advantage. Why would I, why would you want to mess that up? You, yeah. You're part of something. I think like Kat says to me, I sometimes have unrealistic expectations because I'd like everyone that comes to work here. If I like them and want them to stay, to stay forever. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. not really realistic, Lauren. I don't really agree. I don't understand why it's not realistic. Well, <laughs> why would you not stay if you're happy and you're being looked after? Um, so that I do, I do struggle with that. Cause I'm like, why would you want to leave? Yeah. yeah. yeah but you know, we'll see. We're going to have this night, this team of nine and who knows, they might still all be here in 10 years amazing amazing that would be lovely and would more be lovely i'm sure and more yeah exactly <laughs> of course of course so i've mentioned about that the other thing again this is something that i'll probably this is more i guess a personal thing for me as well i'll, I'll speak to everyone about in the podcast is about not so much obviously me being a businesswoman but i'm going to speak to you about that as, as a businesswoman and a mother and a wife how do you work-life balance how does that work with you what's your so, yeah I mean I'm I'm very strict on a work-life balance and actually okay. I'm quite selfish as well um as most people who know me will tell you although I think it's the right personally I think it's the right thing if, you know it's a bit like you do you I'll do me so yeah, yeah. for yeah. me if I'm okay then everything around me is okay which yeah. is the approach I've always taken so I don't work a Monday I've never worked a Monday and I won't work a Monday um okay. and I can't remember who it was I met Lawrence Lawrence something Lawrence Boom um and we were talking a few years ago and he's like he said if I knew now what I knew then I would do exactly what you were doing um you don't need to work five days a week and a few people of our generation have said to me Sam oh imagine how much more money you'd earn if you worked on Monday I would not earn any more money because I would be cross because I was having to work every day of the week and I would have less energy because yeah. my Mondays are my day. So it's my horse day. I can do what I like. And, you know, I keep on top of my emails and I, I'm available if the team needs me. Yeah. But for me, that's super important. Um, and so I'm there for the kids. If the kids need me for anything, because I've got the flexibility that I give my team, I can yeah. be there for them. Um, so that's all good. Um, it's probably hardest for Richard, my husband, um, because having someone that's a mum, because obviously when he's when we were growing up our mums were the ones that did everything they possibly didn't work because they looked yeah. after the children and that was the case with his mum so I think that's challenging sometimes yeah, as, yeah sure um, roles because he's a bit as a lot of men his generation are I'm the man therefore <laughs> yeah. I'm the alpha male and I'll go and <laughs> catch the animal kill the animal and then you'll cook it and we'll eat it yeah, um yeah. It, you know he, he's not totally like that but <laughs> I think I think it is difficult um yeah, if yeah. I want to because quite often I'll go to networking events as you'll know Sam yeah, yeah. and the guys because 
say we go to boundary club and it goes until 10 o'clock at night they're quite happy and fine to stay out at 10 o'clock at night they've got no one on their case about the fact they're out to 10 o'clock at night but switch it to being the woman and you can ask anyone this you know um maybe millie when she starts going out and uh you know <laughs> kathy um yeah. they'll all say to you that, that that they'll get stick for being out to that time and that's definitely a a, a sex thing gender yeah. thing um so that is difficult. not necessarily i'll get i'll still get sticky do you yeah. yeah but you probably go out a lot more than I do um it's it's definitely a challenge um yeah, yeah. And there was something else I was going to say around that point um oh and also interestingly because I run the ladies lunch clubs I yeah, had yeah. several years where people thought I didn't like men um <laughs> because I ran a ladies lunch club but not that I didn't like them I I only liked women but um in that I didn't want to do business with men so I had a few people think that I only wanted to do business with women which I found really peculiar because that was yeah. never the case um I just saw a need a bit like with consortium yeah. for somewhere where women could be in a safe space because as men, men just won't understand it we've got an amazing client called Paige Collins and she used to be Peter Collins and yes. so she's transitioned um, War, to Warren, account, is Warren, Warren House yeah Warren, Warren House yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. and you know she says I gave up my white male privilege to become Paige. And it, it is very much that, I think. And it's a bit like the race thing, isn't it? As white per as a white person, I don't understand the, the yeah. prejudices that a black person has gone through. Equally, yeah. as a man, you don't understand the prejudices I've gone through as a woman. Yeah. And I've yeah. had situations in the past where I've not won a piece of business and off record have been told it's because I was the wrong side of 40 and a female. Wow, um, wow. It happens uh, a lot, probably a lot more than it should. Yeah, Yeah. it's insane. Uh, Obviously, you know Kelly anyway, but yeah, she, you know, we we talk about this side of she. It's something that she gets so frustrated with this this type of topic, and you know, because she's a criminal solicitor, worked in a law firm, worked in that legal profession for a long time, and 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 had that prejudice and and that type of thing. But do you know what? Women are quite bad as well. Like, I'm not man bashing here at all. Yeah, no, no, no. no. It's um, women should support other women. Like in in some firms that I've been in, the female partners have not supported the female next generation down. If anything, they've made it harder for them. So, um, you know, it's it's, I can't think of the saying, but it's something about bringing people up with you. Um, There's quite a bit of that around. And also, don't give me stick for running a ladies lunch club. Because yes, men can't come. And I'm very sorry about that. But (laughs) the men have had a thousand years of men owned. We've had a few. We've had a few. We've had a few. We've had a few. Yeah. You know, um, you're and not really great. missing and, out on anything. And and it look, it's a it's a fantastic, such a well respected lunch club. People I do I know that go, you know, speak highly of it. It's you know a fantastic thing that you've achieved. Because how long has that been going there? That's been similar. That's been going 16, 16 years. Wow, wow. That's yeah, incredible. so I set that up when I was in house at the law firm. Mm. Um, so yeah, sixteen years. So it's a it's an old one. It was probably one of the first women only. Mm networking events um but we we run the professionals lunch now so we have got yeah, one that men course. can come to as well to yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, give yeah, them yeah. a nod if you could come <laughs> to those ones thank you i'll hold it. i'll come i'll come to that and networking obviously that's going to come back soon live events as well you got your first one is it in a 
couple of months maybe 24th of august is uh, yeah yeah we're having a barbecue and what's quite nice about that is it's inside outside so those people that aren't comfortable being inside with big groups of people can be outside um it's going to be really interesting to see what happens obviously because cases are going through the roof um so hopefully it will still go ahead Uh, personally i haven't done any in-person networking yet i'm not in a rush to um i'm happy to see people on a one-to-one basis um but i just i mean bradley network my club's done an amazing job of getting online we do our own online stuff and it's so efficient yeah like i'll see the people i want to see very happy to come for lunch with you sam you know the people that are in in my network yeah people (laughs) in my network they want to get together for some drinks or lunch would love to do i want to go to a networking event with 100 people that i don't know for a crappy breakfast not really um so i think our focuses and the kind of shift and what we're interested in doing has definitely changed i know network my club are taking that on board around what you're going to get at their events with the ladies lunch clubs ironically even though it's called lunch um the online events will stay at lunchtime but the in-person events are going to be at the end of the day so kind of three four o'clock because it'd take up too much time otherwise and we've all got quite time poor um and they're all going to be quite um interesting and different events so we've got canapes and prosecco on a rooftop in st paul's for london for example uh we're going to do a vineyard wine uh vineyards sparkling tea in worthing so they're something a bit special that makes you want to go out um and not just have the bog standard what we've always done i think it's it isn't it we're um, as as i mentioned earlier we was out networking a lot and you know we've done that in the past and like you say you i think like brad has done an excellent job you know we do loads of stuff with him anyway and i think he's done a great job with converting to the online and just purely on the basis that it can you can be more efficient now so you can go you can sit there and have a meeting like we was having a meeting now as opposed to a podcast we sit and have a meeting on online as opposed to just maybe uh, having to take that time out and do i still there's a still an element of me as a people person that social interaction uh, i think i think we crave that i think um i think we're social animals the majority yeah. of us i do think we still i'd hate to think that that was taken away so I much i agree with you i think it might have been one of bradley's posts on linkedin actually where it was mm. i think it was him but someone was saying that the in-person events will become more like jollies yeah. might not have been him might be somebody else but yeah. someone's saying the in-person events will be jollies yeah, yeah, um yeah. but not meaning that in a derogatory way because they're necessary um but that's what they'll be and then the online events will be the more formal networking where you meet people that you don't otherwise know and then of course if you like them you can invite them to the more informal jollies because because they are like how, how many relationships have you built at the cricket club sitting there yeah. till five six in the afternoon in the sunny day having a few drinks like we were having I, I exactly that conversation in the office earlier about oh, yeah. when is boundary club coming back because yeah. that is the one thing you can't replicate online is that four yeah, or five cool. hours having a couple of drinks getting yeah. to know somebody yeah and and that's where for me that solid relationships are built really on that basis of course it's great to do this and as an introduction and you meet someone online and it's oh great well look like we do well let's have another meeting and then you catch up and then all of a sudden like you say but sitting around at a lunch going for drinks and canopies and but standing in that social environment having a few drinks and and just building relationships is is key i think to Mm. for business most of mine have been built in that in that way i guess and uh, 
I think as well, if you if you were sitting in a team, like if you had a team in your office, Sam, I think Mm. you might feel less bothered about doing the in-person networking. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Because I definitely find that if I spend a week at home and don't come into the office, I'm desperate for company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So having the ability to come in. Also, added to the fact that Flo, our recent employee, is a master baker, so we get cake every time we come in. Wow. Yeah, you'll have to come over to Worthing next time. Ne- next we'll meeting at the office. Definitely. Yeah, we'll get Flo on the case. She uh, <laughs> she 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 makes to order as well, so you can put oh, really? in what your preference is. Yeah, we Love had that. this phenomenal chocolate raspberry cupcake thing earlier, which was insanely good. Yeah, and they're all <laughs> vegan. So wow. doesn't know any um any intolerances doesn't matter. She can overcome that. She's awesome. So Amazing. we did say to her earlier, she could turn out to be rubbish at marketing. We'd probably just employ her to make cake. <laughs> She's not rubbish at marketing. She's doing a great job at that as well. But you know, Brilliant. we we do love cake at consortium, as most people know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I've seen one or two posts. I think. Yeah, right, one about or two. Cake. I have just been told by my marketing manager that I'm not allowed to put any more cake posts, so I put it on Facebook <laughs> instead. <laughs> Love that, love that. Look, we're um, we're coming sort of towards the end a little bit, but so just a couple of things to round up. But tell me, like, that you've grown up to nine staff now. What, what what does the future hold for you and for consortium? Well, I know what it doesn't hold because this is something I find quite hard. Because as somebody that doesn't like to fail, um, I find it quite difficult to. give myself too many challenges in case I don't achieve them Mm. so my coach is working with reverse psychology to say what don't you want so I don't want to be international so I can just get that one out there no no intention (laughs) Um, global not global well having said that we're talking to a German client next week so it's going to be one of those situations where I say I don't want something and then it happens (laughs) but um, I think the main thing for me is about keeping the core so keeping that um, the purpose that's, that's really important to me um, and, and helping people and whether that means we stay at 10 people or we're 20 people, yeah. I don't mind. Mm. Um, but what I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm working with the coach is I need a bit more direction because I'm a bit like a coiled spring and going off in all different directions at the moment. So sure. she's going to help focus me. So um, I guess it's probably a bit of watch this space. I think it's yeah, very I mean. exciting. Um, one of the team did a post on LinkedIn earlier and I was a bit like scream if you want to go faster because it does feel a little bit like that at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, on the fairground rides where someone yeah, yeah, scream yeah, if you want to yeah, go faster. Course, and I think Kat's a bit like, no, she doesn't want to go faster. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good it's a good, good time place. to be doing what we're doing. We're in a good yeah. place. Hopefully, long may that continue. Um, um, yeah, amazing. Like I say, it's been it really has been you're a real inspiration because it has been inspiring to watch that that journey. Like I said, from your open bravery, honesty with posts early on in lockdown, and and like you said, sharing the good with the bad, which I think so many of us should be more open to do um including myself as well you know and i think it's it's important to share those those elements but to see the see the growth over this last year has been incredible and i'll I'll obviously wish you every continued success it's great it's great to watch so thank you sam very cool um so finally we always finish off a couple of quick fire questions um so first one what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or someone wanting to start their own business so this one might sound a bit weird, but it is one that I always say it's going to be not to trust people. And I don't mean that in a 
don't trust anyone perspective but one of the things I found when I set up consortium is everyone was like oh I'll use you and I was like oh amazing I'm gonna have this amazing business overnight and they don't and it's not because they're horrible people it's because people will tell you what they think you want to hear so (laughs) when I say don't trust people that's what I mean really do your own research about whether your business is viable so quite often we'll have people come to us that are just friends we wouldn't work with them because they're not in our target sector Um, but they'll say you know I'm going to be doing this this and this and I'll be like okay how are you making money um and quite often they don't know the answer to that but somebody told them that they'd use them and therefore they think they've got this good business idea so just really work out whether it's needed what yeah. it is that you're planning to do because I think okay. if there's a need you can succeed yeah, yeah, um, of course, of course. so it's that little bit of taking people with a pinch of salt yeah. but in the nicest possible way and yeah. if you are that person that says to somebody oh I'll use you don't do it unless you're actually <laughs> going to use them I mean we've got people now that I've known since I started the business that all of a sudden are starting to say oh can you come and give us a proposal why did you not ask me that eight and a half years ago yeah. and it's because I'm trusted now because I've reached a certain age I own my business I own my shop and I've got enough staff that suddenly I'm in this different sphere and it's very frustrating and also oh. probably make some businesses fail unnecessarily yeah i guess it's again like i say it's a perception isn't it as well of what you portray as a business you know, someone just starting out there's got to be that trust element that you've got to build with them quite quickly for them to trust you to want to come and work with you but then like you say on the face of it then they look at you now with 10 staff and own office and you know very active on linkedin and 80,000 yeah. views of your previous post. I just checked well, that out. And, and I'll get in, I would like to name three companies that gave us our chance. So Humphrey and Co Accountants in Eastbourne were our yeah, first amazing. ever client. So thank you so much to them. Um, Fitzhugh law firm in Brighton and, and Shoreham yeah. were our next client. And then Green Mike Charles and Annis in Worthing, a solicitor's firm, who funnily enough, we worked with for a year and we're talking to work about working with each other again now. So years down the line but Amazing. you know without those people we wouldn't have had a business yeah. um so i think thank you to those people but also really making sure you're established in what it is you do uh, yeah. so people do have that no like and trust and therefore yeah, will buy from you yeah, sorry that was a very convoluted answer Sam. no but no great it's great that's what i'm after that's what i'm after and finally so give me three traits you think a good business person needs to be an entrepreneur or, or a okay person. well i think you definitely hit the nail on the head with resilience um you definitely need to have yeah. that resilience uh energy um resilience energy and persistence Obviously, persistence is a little bit like resilience, but I think resilience is more passive, isn't it? Yeah, whereas yeah, yeah, persistence yeah, is so. more proactive. So yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, persistence, resilience, and what was the other one I said? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> energy, energy. <laughs> Were you listening, Sam? I was. We needed to... <laughs> I've got me notes. I needed to go back and record. Brilliant, brilliant. Amazing. Look. What can I say? What an absolute pleasure to have you on on as my first female guest. Amazing. Thank you. And, um, well, I, I did feel like saying, why am I your first female guest? But I'll take that. You've only done two. I've only so done far. two. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a chance. Give me a chance. <laughs> but yeah, but honestly, it was it was absolutely. Thank you so much for being so open and honest and 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 
talking us through the journey and everything. You're welcome. Been- if anybody is thinking about setting up their own business, I'm always happy. Buy me a coffee and a bit of cake and I will tell you anything <laughs> you want to know. <laughs> cheap date. Cheap date, Sam. Coffee and cake. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. It really has been a real, a real honour to to chat to you and and last like I, I think the listeners are going to love it so can't wait to get this one out there so thank you very much thank you sam good times mm-hmm.